Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Those of Wall Street to the lords of the City of London. From the gold markets of the Pacific Rim and the Far East comes V, the guerrilla economist. He clears the fog of economic and geopolitical disinfo. Know the truth. See the trends. Understand the players. Protect your future and family. The financial freedom fighter, a rebel with a cause. This worldwide transmission has been brought to you by V, the Guerrilla Economist, helping the world understand, prepare, and make sound decisions to protect your future and your family. Visit V, the Guerrilla Economist at roguemoney.net, spelled R-O-G-U-E-M-O-N-E. Ah, oh, that was great. The, the vintage, vintage intro right there. See, see, that was a great remix, bro. You cut that beautifully. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's always hard to forget the roguemoney.net, but it's roguenews.com, so I, I try to fade that out a little bit, but it's, you know, it has to finish, bro, it's tied right in, you know, it kind of goes along with the theme, so. It does, it does, it does, but it's all good, you know, we, we still own that URL, which is a good thing, you know, but maybe yeah, one day, yeah. maybe one day, as Rogue News grows, especially the, going into 2023, there's a major revamp coming, uh, it's going to be pretty amazing uh, what Rogue News is going to be transformed into. Uh, it's going to be a complete. Um, it's going to be unique. It's going to be a very unique platform for uh, sharing and networking and 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 media and news. And it's going to be really really awesome. And maybe within that, maybe Rogue Rogue Money a section will come back. Who knows? There we go. You know? There we go. Yeah. You know, as 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 like the economics section. It. Yep. Yeah. There we go. There we go. You know, my, my, kind of like an economic section of like the New York Times or something like that, you know? So mm-hmm. we'll see. Absolutely. Anyway, uh, yeah, uh, people are asking, where's Gus? Gus is on tomorrow. I mean, he's on tomorrow if he's not hungover. But he'll be on tomorrow. <laughs> Gus is every Wednesday. Is his Gus, for those who are asking. <laughs> he must be a newbie. Anyway, um, folks, thank you all for listening in this morning. I know you guys are, are still recovering from your holiday um, weekend. And I know that you got much of you are hungover or tired or you're full or you're just lazy or you're just, just chilling or you're having a great day or you're thawing out from the cold that has gripped most of the country. Uh, for those that haven't been paying attention, there's been a great global warming that has gripped the country, you know, and, 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 and the world is on fire. I kid, I kid, I kid. Um, so if you're not doing that, then you're here. You're listening to us, and you can follow us at roguenews.com. Every single one of these uh, broadcasts will be broadcast there. Of course, you were on YouTube. But we would love for you to follow us on Twitch, DLive, Float, Stitcher. We're also on Facebook Live, Periscope. We're on everything. Uh, we're also on Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. We're growing everywhere. Everywhere you want us to be, plus a bag of chips. And with that being said, Siege, good morning to you. Uh, we're trying to confirm Matthew Errett uh, today to see what time Matt's going to be on. So stay tuned right here on Rogue. Um, Siege, 
Good morning, sir. How are you, man? Hey, uh, good good morning. Uh, good morning to all the people in the chat room. Looks like it's a very lively group, which I always always love seeing, V. Uh, but here we are, December 27th. Uh, we're getting close to uh, to the new year, uh, yeah. which I think that we're, we're entering um, into that period of, of uh, unknown. It'd be nice to have a crystal ball and be able to, to look at things and analyze proper, properly. Uh, but just um, right now, in terms of some of the turmoil that's happening, not only here in the United States, but uh, but globally, V, as we head into 23, 2023, I think it, it only gets more turbulent. It only it, it only does. And we got some unique things to cover. Uh, one of them is our buddy, Michael Snyder. We got to get Michael Snyder back on, man. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Yeah, man. We got to get Mike back on. Uh, he ran for Congress, I think, out in Wisconsin, I believe he was in. I think that's um, right. Yeah, he runs the Economic Collapse blog. His work is featured on Zero Hedge and several other, um, uh, you know, news platforms. Uh, Mike has the 15 facts which prove that a massive economic meltdown is already happening right now. On the first day of economic collapse, my true love gave to me hyperinflation. No, my government gave to me. That's right. There you go. So... Economic conditions keep getting worse as we prepare to enter 2023. We find ourselves in a high inflationary environment at the same time that economic activity is really slowing down. And just like we witnessed in 2008, employers are conducting mass lay. See, have you noticed that, man? There's been layoffs left and right, bro, especially in the tech sector. It's a, it's a little deja vu, even from 2001 tech bubble bursting. You noticed this, man. Right. Well, yeah, uh, you know, all across the board. And then they they had that revised, you know, jobs number. I think it was the Philly Fed that revised the numbers. And, yeah. you know, the Biden administration was very upset about that because I think it was was it to the tune of a million jobs or something, something Lost. crazy where they said, hey, we, we were off on the jobs numbers from the previous. Here are the real numbers. And yeah, very little people took note of it. But it's you're right. I mean, across the board, it, it, impacting every every industry are, are the job cuts. It's a huge thing, man. Those job numbers are, are telling you the viability of Main Street. And it doesn't even look good for, for Wall Street either. We know one of the things, one of the stools. You know, I've, I've been saying it for years since 2012 um, when I came on the scene that we as, a, as the United States, we do not have a real economy. And the reason for that is that you don't have a real economy when your central bank is absolutely integral and vital into propping up asset sectors that keep the whole speculative economy running. And one of those aspects or those or, or those speculative asset sectors is home sales. And Mike over here nails it. He's like, I mean, think about this, man. November home sales, if you click on that link, it'll take you directly to the CNBC uh, website right there. Yep. And there is home sales tumbled more than 7% in November, the 10th straight month of declines. 10 straight months. Sales were down 35.4% year over year, marking the 10th straight month of declines. The medium sale prices rose 35000 to 370000 from a year ago. Sales of existing homes fell 77 in November compared to October. Uh, seasonally adjusted annualized pace was 4 million units. That is weaker than the 4.17 million units housing analysts. So 
a lot of you who are thinking about, hey, you know what, should I sell my home and, and get the best deal? Should I do it now and relocate or do whatever? Now is like literally the best time to sell. You're not going to get a higher price than what you are getting now. And that's what a lot of the market indicators are starting to look like. And a lot of the professionals who track this stuff looks, you know, looks for it. But most importantly, most importantly, if the velocity in home sales tumbles, mortgage-backed securities, which is what the Fed has been buying and repackaging and selling, and what many of the Wall Street banks have been buying, repackaging and selling and creating all sorts of derivatives, okay, uh, CDSs, you know, credit default swaps, and CDOs, collateralized debt obligations, all of this built on MBS, which is mortgage-backed securities, when that velocity of sales just kaputs, it starts slowing down, it affects in a major way the derivative market. And then there's a tie-in. Okay, There's a negative feedback loop that ties in mortgage-backed securities, collateralized debt obligations, credit default swaps, and interest rate swaps, which are already affected by the rise in interest rates. So what the hell does it all mean, putting it in a nutshell? We are heading towards a very critical juncture where the very mechanism, the very machinery siege is starting to overheat because the the, 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 the fraudulent, make-believe, illusionary uh, liquidity that is needed in terms of having these financial uh, products traded at a specific velocity is not there. You, it's running out of gas, and that's a big problem, man. It's 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 a massive problem, V, and and unfortunately, because of the Fed's actions in in raising rates, uh, the inflation that's built into some of the home prices, the the segment, V, the segment of consumers, especially for like you know kids that are graduating from college, right? Uh, not only in the job decline in terms of of salaries and employment, but the segment V, the segment of people who can who can afford to buy homes is is decreasing. It's it's no longer that. That that segment can that can purchase with, you know, either zero percent down or you know these these people need a, a balloon payment, a twenty percent down, uh, to do that. So therefore, I think that's why uh, I want you to continue, but you know, definitely a tie in into the massive amount of homelessness that's occurring in 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 our country. V that every bit of the policies that have been mandated by not only the Fed but in terms of the inflation that's been hedged into home prices has led to this this uh, housing collapse that's happening. Absolutely, man. You know, I mean, home sales is a big part of the three three legs that are holding the stool called the US economy together. Uh the other part in terms of the, in, in terms of the financial. Yeah, there you go. Raven said commercial real estate collapse is a huge thing. Look what happened in 2020, right? The majority of office office buildings in in New York in Manhattan are still empty. There's tons of empty retail space in every major city across the country. Huge problem, man. Major, major problem. Home construction costs have risen more than 30% since 2022, right? Home builder sentiment, okay, in terms of, 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 of how many newer houses are going to be built, that's dropped for 12 consecutive months. Number of single-family homes, and units have fallen for nine months straight. Mm. Okay, I mean, you look at it, it, it's unbelievable. And then Mike in number six, 
uh, on his list of 15 things that the economic collapse is here is that the Empire State Manufacturing Index has plunged to a reading of negative negative 11.2 in December. That figure was way, way below expectations. That's a big thing, man. That's a huge thing. Factory activity weak in New York and Philadelphia regions in December. Big problems coming. Big problems coming. And, and again, see, that ties into the layoff that you just talked about. The, yeah, the, the, the layoffs uh, that are occurring and then, you know, tied directly into the increase in manufacturing cost. And, you know, manufacturers, was, I was listening to a podcast B, where they were talking about diminishing margins about, you know, the manufacturing, you know, the cost of goods, you know, to retail. And, you know, this person that was interviewing was just completely off guard. They're like, well, do you think that companies will be able to just go ahead and absorb that loss of, of margin and sell their products at, at lower retails. And, and the answer is no, absolutely not. The, as you pointed out across the board, you know, the, the, the Dow Jones, the, the, the amount of companies who are, are not profitable, they can't afford V to pay not only the higher cost of manufacturing goods, they can't afford not to just raise prices of these goods. And that's why it's affecting retail uh, so much. So I think this uh, report here in terms of factory activity is not isolated to Philadelphia. I think it's, it's, it, I think it's global uh, here in the United States. We're hedging up, uh, across many things, you know, the push to $15 an hour minimum wage, right? Like a lot of the I social, everywhere. a lot of these social policies, uh, that have driven these things. And I'm not saying that people shouldn't get paid good wages. That's not, I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is these factors are what's contributing to companies that are closing, companies are having to, having to lay off is that they can no longer produce, manufacture, and sell at the same price as they could 10 years ago. Yeah. Job cuts were 417% higher this November than it was last year. That's a big problem. Wall Street Journal survey found approximately two-thirds of all Americans expect the economy to get worse next year. Well, you know what? Like we always say here, the United States will not escape the trajectory that it is in. It's not going to happen. Newly released Bloomberg survey discovered 70% of U.S. economists believe that a recession is coming. It's not coming. I mean, these... These are the same people who sees that back in 2001 and in 2008 says after the, the, the market has collapsed, we never saw it coming. <laughs> we never imagined it. What will happen? There were no signs of it. No there signs. were no signs of it. So these morons who are saying that we expect 70% expect recession in 2023. I expect turmoil. I expect things are going to get is going to get exponentially worse. Okay, uh, in 2023, exponentially worse in at 2023. I think inflation is going to come back like a like an mf'er. Okay, it's going to be even harder, and we're going to have more supply chain disruptions. I I I think that's what we're headed towards. Inflation continues to spiral wildly out of control. At this point, a head of lettuce now costs eleven dollars. In Hotel California, Siege. How's that, Siege? How's that? I mean, a head of lettuce. 11 bucks. Wow. Wow. Crunchy that's water, been, bro. That's Venezuela-type pricing. Yes. 
when you got when you got to pay eleven dollars for crunchy water, something's wrong. Crunchy water is the cheapest, the literally the cheapest thing that you can buy, right? Well, and and, well, and for those that don't know, here it is. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna show y'all a picture of this crunchy water that is that is selling for eleven dollars for a head. Eleven dollars for a head of lettuce. Here's what's behind the shortage causing outrageous prices. And again, people say, oh, that's because there's a shortage. Well, did you realize there's a French fry shortage? My wife told me there's a French fry shortage. I'm irate, Siege. I'm very upset. <laughs> did you know French fries aren't really French beef? No, I'm just kidding. Keep going. <laughs> They're freedom fries. Remember that mess? Freedom fries, right? And, and we told everyone v, several months ago that uh, to the start of the, the crisis in Ukraine and the uh, the the mass amount of, of of shortage that was incurred that was in happening in regards to fertilizer, right? We we warned about this. We told people several several months ago that you know watch out, your food prices are going to skyrocket because farmers are having to pay double, even even triple the amount for fertilizer. And 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 here we are. This is where we've arrived. Yes, absolutely. Six dollars for a head of Romaine County uh, and County Sun Natural Foods in Palo Alto. Nearly ten dollars for a little gem of lettuce in Drager's Market in Los Altos. Whopping ten ninety nine for iceberg lettuce in Piedmont Grocery Store in Oakland. Unbelievable, unbelievable. And yeah, the Cowboy's right. There's a potato shortage, and he would know he's in Idaho, which is the capital of potato. That's right. Unreal, absolutely unreal. What's happening? And then we have. Um, eleven dollars. Okay. Overall, vegetable prices in the United States are more than eighty percent higher than they were at this time last year. And they're telling everybody to be vegan. Well, how can how can you be vegan when you can't even afford a price of, dude? Eleven dollars for crunchy water. That is the price of a piece of steak. Like, what is going on, bro? It's insane. It's in, it's insane, and not only that, but the quality is as well. Like, mm. you know, I'm not sure what it is here recently, but but I've just noticed that. Like, I brought home a, a a bag of apples the other day, and they were they were granite apples, and and of course my my wife who always inspects the fruit and things before I she buys them, and and of course I don't. I just grab it. She's like, "Did you look at these things before you bought them?" I'm like, "Uh, maybe." She's like, "Look at these things," and like like two or three of them were rotting out already. So it's just, oh, yes, yes. That is true. I, I brought a bag of. Uh, we noticed that when, when uh, we purchased a bag of Honeycrisps from Whole Foods, and one of them was like turning into, uh, we're turning like that blue green fungus that looks like you can grow uh, penicillin out of. You know? Yeah, <laughs> so throw it out. Yeah, yeah. The quality is is, is really gone down. It's uh, unbelievable. Okay, uh, overall vegetable price 80% higher thanks to rapidly rising cost of living is 63% of the U.S. population is now living paycheck to paycheck. See, these are all wonderful signs. Right? These are all wonderful signs. And this is what I keep telling people. If you were to bake a cake, right, and you put <clears throat> one crappy ingredient after another, after another, and it calls for, let's just say, 20 ingredients. And you put 20 of the most crappiest ingredients. You put in salt instead of sugar. You put in, you put in a, 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 um, 
a chipotle powder or something like that instead of brown instead of brown sugar or something like that right or instead of cinnamon excuse me you put all these crazy ingredients into a cake you're not you know you're putting all the crap you can right into baking a cake maybe some arsenic maybe some strychnine maybe some poisoning rat poison whatever right and you mix it all up you put it into the oven you're not going to be like well you know what this cake is going to come out perfect a miracle is not going to happen inside of your oven at 350 degrees for 20 minutes. It's not going to happen. A miracle is not going to convert a cake whose very ingredients are some of the most toxic, the worst possible things you could ever put into your system. It's all of a sudden not going to turn out miraculously. And yet this is what people think at a subconscious level. We can go over bad economic data after data after data after data after data after data. Every single piece of negative data that clearly will paint a picture to you that I have been saying for some time now that we are not going to escape the trajectory that this country is in. It is going to get significantly worse, and and it's not going to get better. People are like, oh, it's going to get worse before it gets better. It's not going to get better. The country is divided. Most of you ain't even talking to family members anymore because of your political views. The country's not getting better. Most of you ain't talking to your family members ever since this whole entire you know, event 2020 that occurred, right? Nobody's talking. So if the country's this divided, nobody's having legitimate conversations. And this time around, there's a blue anon going around for the, for the liberals, okay? Instead of a Q anon, there's a blue anon with their own little was, uh, you know, sealed indictments and secret arrests and all this other stuff, right? And then you look at how more divided the states are in. This trajectory, folks, there's no getting better out of this. You cannot put this many negative things together and expect a miracle to happen. No, it ends one way. Settle it in your hearts right now and in your minds right now. This only ends one way there is no magical thing that's going to pull this country out this is a plane that is full nose dive and speaking of trajectories i think it was dmitry medvedev siege dmitry medvedev and i think that's the uh the next article that we have pulled up right the dmitry medvedev let me see here where is it oh yes dmitry medvedev Former Russian president and, and current um, Russian, uh, um, um, what is it called? Uh, he's a member of affiliate, member of the, of the Russian government here. I don't know what his current position Government official. He's a Russian government official, right? So Medvedev, okay, gave his 2023 predictions. And it's really, really interesting, okay? And Dmitry Mimbeda says, on New Year's Eve, everybody's into making predictions. Many come up with futuristic hypotheses as if competing to a single out the wildest and even the most absurd ones. Here's our humble contribution. What can happen in 2023? Number one, oil price will rise to $150 a barrel. Gas will top $5 a barrel or $5,000, you know, $5 per 1,000 cubic meters. The UK will rejoin the EU. <laughs> That will probably happen. (laughs) (laughs) The EU will collapse after UK's return. I see that happening as well because you know what? They they all made the Western countries, okay, 
in their rainbow-loving euphoria have made a suicide pact one toward another. And they're saying, you know what, we're all going to kill ourselves together. Let's all go down. The EU will collapse after UK's return. Euro will drop out of use as a former EU currency. It's very, very likely. Very, very likely. Poland and Hungary will occupy western regions of the, of the formerly existing Ukraine. That's going to happen. The Fourth Reich. <laughs> I like how he said it. The Fourth Reich will be created encompassing the territory of Germany and its satellites, i.e. Poland, the Baltic states, Czech, uh, uh, Czech Slovakia, and Kiev Republic and other, outca- and other outcasts. This is after the splintering of the Europe. This is one of those things that we were also tracking, we were looking at, and one of the things I had on my radar as well is a Eurozone crack. I've been talking about it forever. I've spoken about it. Uh, Jim Willie back in the day, oh, you know, he's been talking about it. He's talking about the EU being split, and then you're having a Nordic Euro versus a, a, a Mediterranean Euro and, and, and then individual use of currencies. These are big systemic problems. I think that, again, there is no escape. There is no hero. There's no pol- politician who they're all cowards and they're all uneducated, right? They're not going to pull this thing. They're not going to pull this plane from the nosedive that it's in. It's just not going to happen, Okay. So it's funny that he says the Fourth Reich will be created encompassing the territory of Germany. These are all broken, soon-to-be third-world countries. And for those that don't know, Germany, BMW, right, one of the, one of the, it's one of the few privately-owned car companies in the world, BMW has just opened up and started production in their, in their uh, San uh, Opus Polisto uh, factory in Mexico. And this is not, uh, oh, they're making uh, uh, a brand new X3s over there. No. The first cars that are rolling out of there is their new products from BMW's M division. And it's going to be the new, the brand new um, BMW M2. Okay? The M2. So this is not their rinky-dinky base model thing. This is their high-end M car. So if the M2 is going to be built there, which shares platforms with the M3 and the M4, soon it's going to be the M5. Then it's going to be the uh, the, uh, the the X5 and the X7 and the more advanced cars. So in other words, they're already looking outside of Germany for survival because of the simple fact energy is not a reliable thing in Germany. Mercedes is doing the same thing. Okay, Audi is doing the same thing. Porsche is looking elsewhere as well. And that's a huge thing. Huge. Now, war will break out between France and the Fourth Reich. That will definitely happen. I mean, imagine. The French will freak out. They'll think this is a resurging resurging Germany over here, right? (laughs) France, a war will break out between France and the Fourth Reich. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Europe divided. Poland repartitioned in the process. That's going to happen as well. Northern Ireland will separate from the UK and join the Republic of Ireland. I can see that happening as well. And I like number eight. Civil war will break out in the U.S., California, and Texas, becoming independent states as a result. Texas and Mexico will form an allied state. And I can see California actually splintering into two states, right? A red north and a blue south. Texas and Mexico will form an allied state. 
Elon Musk will win the presidential election in a number of states, which, after the new civil war's end, will have been given to the GOP. <laughs> Going down even further, number nine. All the largest stock markets and financial activity will leave the U.S. and Europe and move to Asia. Boom, that is already happening. That is already happening. And how do I know? Because I can track the flow of bullion and metals and economic activity that is leaving the markets here. The Bretton Woods system of monetary management will collapse, leading to the IMF and the World Bank's crash, because these are in, these are useless, obsolete institutions. Euro and the dollar will stop circulating as the global reserve currencies. Digital fiat currencies will be actively used instead. Season's greetings to you all, Anglo-Saxon friends, and their happily oinking piglets. <laughs> Love it. Love it. So that is... Uh, that is the um, the 2023 predictions from Dmitry Medvedev. I I, I, I kind of like it. I I, I see uh, a lot. I think he's on target with quite a few of them. Siege. What do you think? <clears throat> well, and I think there's a couple important things uh, to point out as it relates to some of his forecasts of it and his analysis. Uh, I'm not going to go through through all of it, B, because just for the time wise, like most people that are listening to our, our our live stream right now, you know, we've been talking about the the demise of the West, demise of the U.S. dollar for several years now. So I think it's it's not it's not clickbait. It's not any type of of, of shock type news because this is nothing new to our listeners. I think the multitude of people who are going to have a real struggle absorbing the trajectory that the United States is going is the people who have been plugged into uh, mainstream media for, for several years who have been sold into the idea of the false illusion of the West and the United States being this, this, uh, this token of, of freedom of Liberty of, of economic freedom. Those are the people who are going to have the most struggle with it, but you can't, you can't hide some of the things that are happening within the urban communities across the United States. You know, for example, look at the homelessness rate. Look at the homelessness rate that's impacting a lot of the urban communities. Now, it's no surprise most of these are Democratic-led type communities that are happening. But some alarming statistics, like this one, for example, that at this point, California has a 30% has 30% of the national homeless population. Let me re repeat that. California has 30% of the national homeless population. You know, what's driving that? A lot of the, a lot of the economic indicators, a lot of the spending, the things that, have, that are happening at a microcosm of what the, the federal government is doing. So when you look at the massive amount of spending on social programs that California is doing and you add in the people who can afford to do so, leaving the state and taking that tax, tax revenue out of there, this truly should be no surprise. But even with other within within other states, it's occurring. You know, look at look at Rhode Island, for example, who the same thing that's happening with the homeless crisis. And Michael Snyder's article, you know, points out why that's happening. You know, even even in my community, people are asking, like, why are there so many apartment complexes being developed in Carmel, Indiana? Yeah, what's you know, up why with that? Is, why is that happening? Why? Well, because I think that the developers are smart. I think the yeah. developers are coming to terms with that affordability of housing has reached a peak within the community that I live in. 
uh, where you were two years ago, you saw an average price home of, of $300,000. And now it's pushed upwards of $450,000 for no reason at all. What's the affordability of that? So yeah. therefore to gain people who are trying to find jobs, maybe, you know, college age, whatever, there needs to be a multitude of affordable housing. And that's why we see that in my community. Now, People are upset about that. They say it's going to drive down home prices and so forth. I don't think that's necessarily going to happen because within most of these affordable housing complex mixed use housing where you deal with, you know, either condos or flats tied in directly to retail down below, you know, that's at the risk of those developers. But I think that that's going to be essential within a lot of urban communities. Indianapolis is a perfect example. So in Indianapolis, Indiana, what happened 10 years ago, developers started taking over a lot of affordable housing complexes uh, where they were fixed income people that were living there and they started gutting those people. And I saw this firsthand because I, I worked in the urban communities almost my entire adult life where these people were being forced out. These people would come into the banking saying, hey, this is my last two months where I'm living. They're, they're forcing us out. And then what they did with those those apartment complexes, they turned them into high uh you know luxury living apartments or or condos and all that did was again push people out of the urban community and that's why in indiana you see some of the crime statistics that's ri rising in the urban uh, areas well you can't do that you can't do that within certain certain cities so that's why this is happening the thing i think that frustrates me the most that i think is is a big takeaway uh for people tuning in and even people who are trying to understand this is the frustration that that I have, and I'd like that frustration to carry on to your average person who still bite into the political system that we have in our country of, of Democratic, Republican, because it, it's 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 all a charade. It's all a charade. And while we continue to spend trillions of dollars be on social programs, on giving other countries massive amount of money, we don't focus on what's happening here in the United States. And, it, and it's very frustrating. So within the article that we went over earlier, um, and I can't recall if we've played this or not in regards to Rand Paul speaking about this $1.7 trillion. It's very important for every American to understand the reason why we have to continue doing these, these massive spending programs is because we count it towards our country's GDP. Yeah. That's added dollars into it. It's not, it's not necessarily that our economy is striving. It's that we print dollars into the economy and then we count it as as our as success that's happening, and it, and it's all charade, and it's just it's so frustrating um, to me. I can play a little bit of part. Of it. I don't have to play the whole thing, but Rand Paul does a great job of just kind of you know the frustration that's happening. And and this is this has been Repu Republican led. Like you have people like Mitch McConnell who's saying that this bill was a great compromise and very proud of our efforts to to do this bill. So so we need more people. To wake up and and so when i saw the predictions of um, the former president of, of of russia wherever he was from i can't recall but when he talks about the splitting of of our, our of our country and people who are doing right in ballots for people running for president we could potentially see that we could see enough people get so frustrated so many people become politically homeless in regards to this belief system that we start writing in third-party candidates. But this is what Rand Paul had to say in regards to the $1.7 trillion we just spent. I brought with me the Omni, 4,155 pages. When was it produced? In the dead of the night, 1.30 in the morning when it was released. 
Now, people argue that it's conservatives' fault. It's you don't have the Christmas spirit. Somehow you're holding up government. Well, whose job is it to produce this? The people in charge of spending. The people in charge of both of the parties. When did they know that this would be necessary? Well, it's in the law, September 30th. You got nine months, almost 10 months, to produce a plan, to have a spending plan. They weren't ready on September 30th, so they voted themselves 90 more days. They weren't ready last week either, so they voted themselves another week. And now we have it at 1.30 in the morning this morning. But what's the clamor? The clamor is to vote. Vote now. Let's get it done. Why are you standing in the way of spending? Well, the real question is this. What is more dangerous? What is more dangerous to the country? $1.1 trillion in new debt, or as Republican leadership likes to say, oh, but it's a win. It's a big win. We're getting $45 billion for the military. So which is more important? Which threatens the country more? Are we at risk for being invaded by a foreign power if we don't put $45 billion into the military? Or are we more at risk by adding to a $31 trillion debt? I think the greatest risk to our national security is our debt. The process stinks. It's an abomination. It's a no good, rotten way to run your government. $6 trillion entity, and they want 24 hours to process this, and then they want to go forward. I will be demanding two amendments. One, that this goes against the budget rules. The PAYGO rules say you can't do this. You can't have all this new spending unless it's offset. We will also be demanding that the PAYGO rules are increased. Instead of taking 60 votes to evade the rules, we're going to ask that it be a two-thirds vote to evade the rules. The American people don't want this. They're sick and tired of it. They're paying for it through the nose with inflation. Adding a trillion dollars to the deficit will simply fuel the fires that are consuming our wages and consuming our retirement plans. It's a terrible system. Someone needs to stand up. We're standing up, and we're going to say no. It's very unpatriotic of, of Rand Paul to go against this omnibus bill. I mean, doesn't he realize he's, that we have to fight Vladov Putler? We have to. We, You know? <laughs> You know we ha we have to and and look at how that complete was was orchestrated to, you know to to bring him in to fly him in like we flew a, a U.S. Uh, one of the presidential planes. No, I I may be wrong on a presidential plane, but we flew a very nice plane, luxury plane, yep. to Ukraine uh, to bring him to the United States. We we paid for every bit of it. We paid for the plane that picked him up. We paid for the uh, security. We paid for the. Uh, the shuttle, whatever type of, of transportation that you know to come, it was all charade. It was it was all charade, and and many of Americans bought into it. And I think that's what my that's what my frustration is is that from a, from a national perspective, like in terms of the federal government, like if we go into next year believing that we can vote our way to some systematic change at the federal level, you're completely wrong. Yeah. If federal elections won't solve anything of the trajectory that, that we're going the only and, and if you're in a swing state is you're not you're not being helped either you're not so so the 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 answer is to this is to unpeg uh from the federal government and encourage your state to do so to start the the, the process of of trying to find ways to 
insulate uh, the state. And if you stay in your state that you're living, um, you know, that, you know, God bless you, just, you know, work towards that. But finding ways instead of expanding the, the federal government, which, by the way, this recent spending bill uh, actually did that. It actually increased uh, and created a new government agency where they're going to hire another couple hundred people. The solution to our problem is this is, is to stop feeding the virus, stop feeding the virus of the federal government and, and what they're doing. So we, we need to find ways to do that. We need to encourage other people to have open ideas to do this, of being so compliant in, into, into federal rules, federal regulations, and encouraging, encouraging our legislatures and finding those who, who advocate for those same things to go out and do that. So, so the balkanization that, that, that he spoke about in regards to Texas and to, to, to California, I think that's, a, that's, an, that's the, the direction that we're going. Um, because, because, again, getting back to the idea of, of America, the idea of, 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 a, of a federal solution to our republic, we're too divided. We're, we're too divided on our ideas. We're too divided. And that's okay. We just need to, we just need the adults to enter the room, be to say, you know, it's okay that we're no longer the United States of America, uh, because I've, I'm, 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 I'm signed off on. I'm, I'm done. Yeah. It, it's, it's yeah. okay that I'm we're over no it. longer the United States of America. There's, <laughs> I'm over okay. it. Yeah. But if, but if we continue to buy into that idea, and we get people who are still mainstream, who are still plugged into this idea of, of, of waving your flag on the Fourth of July trying to remember those those days are, are are changed those those days are numbered and if we can't get those people to understand that then we very well are at a point where it, maybe it's time to find ways to exit stage left fee yeah very well said and that's what it's coming down to i mean you know when 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 the united states collapses which it will settle it in your heart you're not escaping this trajectory when it does collapse you're going to see other countries come to the forefront. You're going to see countries even in the Western Hemisphere really begin to prosper. When Tio del Norte, the uncle in the north, goes down, you're going to see an absolute reduction in the drug trade, which also means a lot of the political corruption in countries like Mexico will be absolutely unchained. I think my predictions are that in the Western Hemisphere, Mexico, Brazil, Argentina are going to be economic powerhouses. You'll be doing yourself well to position yourselves in one of those three countries if you want to stay in the Western Hemisphere. Okay, um, I think Panama is going to shift so- is 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 going to be shifting sides as well. They're sitting on a major canal, pro- you know, major canal that they're expanding even more. Uh, they're a real banking sector and a banking hub. I can see them doing well, uh, well uh, you know, not in the same industrial production and economic power as Mexico, Brazil, and Argentina, but I can see them coming around to it, right? It would be maybe a banking hub, a financial hub, a fintech hub. So right there, I've just given you, you know, four countries as a potential getaway point for, for those that are thinking about leaving, right? Those are just, you know, you position yourself there. I, I have friends of mine who are, Right side of uh, BA, Buenos Aires in, in Argentina. It's a beautiful, I mean, God, it's like a European city, man. It's gorgeous. Argentina is a beautiful country. Topographically, uh, env- just just beautiful. And um, great people, great culture, weak central government. And I think we're now with uh, Argentina joining the BRICS. That country is set for growth, man. So Mexico... 
they're sitting on triple the mineral wealth of the United States, one of the largest producers of silver on God's green earth, right? Major silver producer, major strategic metals producer. It, 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 it's, I'm telling you right now, it's, it, you're going to see Mexico boom. Um, yeah, and, 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 and again, uh, Brazil. Brazil is a, a major player. Again, like uh, the builder says, Brazil is the B in bricks. That's a, that's a big thing. So, you know, that, that you know, off the bat, you want to get the hell out of the West. The, you, and my thing is when this place collapses, look, it's all fine and dandy to say, hey, well, I'm going to stay here and thug it out. Why? If you have an opportunity to leave, look, there are, there are banks, there are Wall Street banks and, and financial institutions that you give them a call and say, hey, you know, buy my house. They'll buy your house. They'll cut you a check right then and there. you got to deal with a, a real estate agent, this, that, and the other. You know, so what you do is create an LLC. You sell, then, then uh, you know, um, then whatever proceeds you get from selling your home, then whatever cap cap gains you got to pay, pay out, pay that out. Move that money into an LLC. Okay, I like Wyoming LLCs, Montana LLCs, New Mexico LLCs, uh, Nevada and Delaware is overdone. Okay, but you know those those are just a few that I would think of. You know, open up a bank account, use utilize the LLC, move the money from what you get from selling your home, your vehicles, any other assets you have. Just liquidate everything, man. You put that into your LLC, and now you can now you have freedom. And make sure you have it in a major bank, not in these smaller banks that could that could literally go belly up. Uh, but you want to be in 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 what the um, the Bank of International Settlements has dubbed a geostrategically important bank. Hence, it's the reason why I I bank with a major bank. Um, so this way, when things go sideways, that bank will still be held up. Then once you have that in the bank account, you want to, you know, ship it over, you know, wire it over to, you know, whatever property you're, you're trying to buy in, let's say, in Mexico or, or in Argentina or in Brazil or something like that, you go ahead and you do that. These are just some of the examples, because the point is this, look, it's all fun and games until the electricity shut off. It's all fun and games until the supply chain cracks and you don't have much movement and there's we go back to a very subsistence form of living. Now, I don't know about you, but that's not fun for me. You know, so there's going to be opportunities if you can look and if you're ready to, to make those steps. That's what I got to say. Uh, Siege, uh, anything else on the radar? Well, you know, yes. I mean, I think I think what you said was so, you know, so important to consider. But just a few things to to, to add into that, like any any commentators right now, any type of, of media that people are, are listening to, and I'll never, I'll never at all tell people what to listen to, whatever they decide. But if you hear commentators, people who are pushing the agenda regarding, you know, China as the enemy, uh, yeah. Russia as the enemy, turn them off. Yep. Turn turn them off because because the real enemy at gates at the gates reside here in 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 Washington D.C. These are the people who are destro destroying your your livelihood. And I don't say that as an anarchist. I don't say that as a anti-government. I'm just pointing out things that are that are factual. Why would Russia and China intervene in an, with a nation in decline? Why why would that why would they slow down with us everything from socially to economically, politically? Why would they interrupt our self-inflicted wounds that we're creating? Why? Why would that make make any sense? So so that's one. The second thing is I know a lot of people are like, well, that's not going to happen here in the United States because, you know, we have the abundance of supply. We have we can go buy 
you know, we have very luxurious things here in the United States. We can go to the grocery stores. We can go to um, smaller shops, you know, the, the independent operators, the, 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 the groceries, the CVS, the where Walgreens. But I think what's happening is, is that I think we're going to see a massive shrinkage of, of retail operators who are going to be able to financially operate in this market. And so I think everyone needs to shore up. If you're going to stay here domestically in the United States, you need to shore up your, your supply side because what's happening is because of the, the, not only the, the inflation measures that are taking place, the, the, uh, the, the, the labor cost, but now what's happening with these retailers, and I'll bring this article in real quick. Um, these retailers who are, are, are reducing their labor, their labor by putting in, all these self checkouts, we see them. We see them everywhere. I went to Aldi's the other day, which is a German operator, and yep. they replaced. They used to have like eight checkout counters across the board. Now they have two, and the rest of them are these 12, 15 checkout self checkout things that they can't mandate. They can't. They can't watch all these things that are taking place. And and I and even CVS is doing it. Like CVS, they have a person at the front, and they won't run the register. They'll direct you to the self-checkouts and they'll walk you through on how to use it. Well, all this is doing is feeding the theft problem that's happening in, in retail. And so it's, it's, it's a self-inflicted wound, everything that they're doing in this article in zero hedge touches base on, on how much shoplifting has increased in the United States. And so now it's now a $150 billion problem that has just massively expanding this hopefully i'm sure california is a good chunk of this with their look at chicago look at this look at this this increase shrink from you know some of the glory years 2014 you know through 2018 and now look at where it is today do you think that if you're a retailer and you're operating in an urban community that shrink is is over 15 or 20 percent do you think you're going to just continue as a as a good corporate citizens to operate that business unit? No, you're going to close that unit down. So so I think this is the year that we're going to see a lot of retailers really struggle and they're going to come to terms with starting to close down some of their their stores. Um yeah. and and when that happens, that's happens that's going to even again just, you know, create less type retail environments where we can go purchase our goods we've been we've had the opportunity of having that luxury where we can right now as 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 an american we can go out 24 7 whenever we need to go to go buy something but i think that's going to be shifting this next year's not only in terms of commercial real estate with their rents increasing i think there was a report two a couple weeks ago where the majority of small businesses weren't going to be able to afford to pay their business uh retail rent for that month and i think that's just going to increase so so the the ability for us as as consumers to go out and to to purchase some of our goods and everything, we're going to see a massive again push to consolidation into big retailers. Uh, so so keep your eye on this as we head in, into next year. Yeah, that's this is huge, man. I mean, Walmart had three and a half billion dollars in, in shrink, three and a half billion, bro. So now you're telling me this is a hundred and fifty billion dollar problem. I mean, my God, bro, it's unbelievable. Well, it's, I think it's a natural law. Um, yeah. I think it's a natural law as the economy uh, collapses that, that you know, this is why this is happening. The same thing with the massive influx of, of migrants that are, that are coming to the, to the United States because 
they're they're five years into the future of where we are in the United States. Yeah. And and that's why when you can't put food on your table, you can't provide food to your family, you, you don't have you have no housing, you have no ability to do those things. You look towards where where is that going to be? And and they believe it's the United States because we continue to fund a lot of these programs. So the border crisis and what's happening, it's not necessarily people that are coming up through Mexico. This is this is Central America, S South America, these people that are migrating through because they're experiencing this this collapse that's three or four years already in the making ahead of where the tra trajectory that we're going. So so we're going to see that influx at the at the border. I think it's going to be pretty massive the next several years. And and um, because because it's happening, the reset that's happening is not isolated to the United States. It's global. Yeah, absolutely. Very well said. Siege, that puts us to the end of the show. We have confirmed that Matthew Errett will be on and will be joining us at 1 p.m. Eastern today. 1 p.m. Eastern, Matthew Errett will be on. And so keep it locked. Keep it loaded right here, folks. Roguenews.com. Any other things you want to say, Siege? No, we'll be, we'll be back at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I did get an emails last uh, last week for a lot of the links to join our Rogue News Discord. So I think I'm all caught up on those. But if for some reason I did miss you, that you sent an email and you requested to join uh, the Discord group, send me an email, cj at roguenews.com. Uh, we've got an hour before our next show. I'll make sure to get those taken care of. Very well said. And with that being said, folks, we are over and out. Again, roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News. Rogue News on every single podcasting app and platform. Known to humanity, we're everywhere you want us to be, plus a bag of chips. And with that being said, El Cuco, take it away. 1 p.m., folks. Matthew Arrett, don't go nowhere. Cheers. Okay, bro. I'll see you in an hour. You got it, man. Cheers. Bye-bye. Right,